0: people. Um, And so because of that, I really, I really want your grace in doing this. Um, Like I said last week, it's really, really easy to drift off um, and and start thinking about your own experiences and start thinking about other experiences and kind of get, you know, get sidetracked. And it's, it's really easy to start having debates and disagreements with me in your head oh yeah, well you don't know, and what about, and it's, it, can, it can be really easy to do that. What I'd like to do tonight is to describe what I believe to be a, a really wise process to dating. And I want to say a couple things before I, before I get into that process. I even have a chart, okay? We've got charts, people. Um, so here's what I want to say. First of all, when I talk about dating, I, I want to talk about it in a way that is heading towards something with purpose. I, Et phone home. Uh, I just realized that looks pretty weird, so sorry about that. It's one finger. They're smart gloves. See how the smart. Anyway, um, what was I saying? Dating. Okay, dating. Yes. When I talk about dating, it. it I want to talk about it in a, in a way that it's heading towards something. I don't believe in dating just for fun I believe dating should be fun and, and, and has to be fun if it's not fun then get out um, but, but I think dating should be heading towards marriage and, and, and to enter into a dating relationship you need to have legitimate reasons to think oh yeah we'll see, we'll see where this goes so, so with that being said here's and this is going to come close to what Drew even said and I, I think it's pretty cool A healthy, godly marriage is two people, okay? Two people who can stand alone with God and be content. But they choose, they choose to enter into this relationship and carry one another's burdens, like Drew mentioned, but also enjoy one another's benefits. Like enjoy the benefit of who God has made them to be and how that can bless your life. But also carry their burdens. You you inherit burdens when you enter into this kind of relationship. That's just what you do. And and so it's but it's two people who can stand alone with God and be content, but choose to enter into enter, enter, enter into this relationship and um, and carry each other's burdens and, and enjoy the benefits of life together. And so similar also to what Drew mentioned, and I won't get more into this, but he described what I believe to be a healthy spectrum of wanting to be married. And I think that that can be healthy. And I think it it can even go too far and be unhealthy. Marriage and finding someone, it can be your identity and the source of your happiness, and that's unhealthy. But I think there could be a healthy place where you desire to be married, but you're content where God has you. And then I think there could be a healthy place of desiring to be single. And just for all the reasons that Drew mentioned, and there can be even an unhealthy place of singleness that says, yeah, no, I'm not going to settle down because then I'll have to, you know, let other people determine, no, I'm going to live for me, but I'm going to use others. to. So there can be an unhealthy thing to singleness. And I think, so, anyway, there's a healthy spectrum for desiring to be married or desiring to, to be single. Um, and then the last one is this, and this one will kind of carry us through that. And Drew even mentioned this similar too. Wisdom is a path. It's not a destination. Wisdom is a path. And so you can either be on a path towards wisdom and on a path of wisdom, or you can choose to veer off. And so everything I'm going to say is what I think, based on my own experience in, in, in knowledge of the Word and time of 22 years of being married, 10 years of working with college students, what what I'm going to share is what I think is wise. Okay, that's it. It's just what I think is wise. It's not like I'm not giving you the gospel of dating. <laughs> um, it's also what uh, Drew mentioned, Randy Garris. It's it's a process that he defined very well, and I'm going to use a lot of what he said, tweak some of it for me, and and apply it um, to to my setting, but. Um, so it's not just my wisdom, it's somebody who's been in ministry for 40 years, who's been married for 40, 50 years, who's, I mean, has done, what do you say, 500 weddings, he's done you know, 700 premarital counseling, he's done all this stuff, and I think he brought a lot of wisdom, and I want to pass it on. But, so the question that I want you to wrestle with tonight is, am I on a path of wisdom? Am I on a path of wisdom when it comes to relationships and, and dating and in, in, in this time of singleness that's meant for wholeness. Okay, so the process of dating. I'm going to show you my chart, okay? And I don't have the sand. It's too wobbly. And too, it's too windy. So I'm just going to have to show it to you. And then I'll pick it up every now and again and show it to you again, okay? Here it is. Okay, so we got this... We've got these two axes, okay? Can you see this over here? Okay? You've got these two axes, and what what I really want to describe in this process of dating is that it's no longer just being single, dating, and then being married. I want you to see there's different stages of this, okay? And again, this, hear me out, okay? This looks like complicated, and I believe there's a process, a healthy process, a wise process. So you have time on the bottom, and you have intimacy on the, on the side over here, okay? And so we're gonna, I'm going to talk about each of these sections, one by one, and, and work through it. And so I'll pick it up each time I switch to a different section. But the first section I want to talk about is the friend zone, okay, the friend zone. Uh, most of you and this is totally cool and this is good you're living in the friend zone and that's your zip code and you may not like it, but that's where you are so you're in the friend zone and the friend zone has a has a purpose and that is to learn to, to do things in groups to connect into a, a community and and most of you have really embraced uh, this community a community here and some of you are new and we'd love to have you and other and some of you are visiting and and you have a community but it's it's being a part of a community hanging out in groups and learning how to engage in in groups and in when you do that you inevitably get to hang out with someone you might be interested in and you get to see them in their own, in in their context of their friends, or even their own gender, and, the, and you get to uh, interact with somebody maybe you're interested in with a friend who you trust, and who can speak truth to you, and who can say, yeah, I wouldn't, or yeah, maybe you should, and, and so that's what this friend zone can be, and so here's, here's what wisdom says in this, in this particular thing. Wisdom says trust God's community who knows you and loves you. And so, that's why it's important to be in a community of people heading in the same direction toward God. Because I believe this about I believe this about your friends. That if you show me your friends, I can show you your future. Because who you hang with and who you let influence you really determines the direction you head and the pace in which you go. And so, you want to be hanging out with people who are heading towards God and, and wanting godly things. And, 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 and they're heading that direction and you get to go with them. And the beautiful part about that is you get to see who's walking next to you. And, and that's the ideal, is to be in a community, to be in a group of friends. And then you can begin to trust the community that God's put in your life. Okay, that's the friend zone. And the next one is the one I'm going to probably talk the most about. Because I think it's the one that we skip the most. And this is when he, when he shared this one, I thought that's, that's the missing piece that I think is honestly um, really needed. So, and it is, you can, sit, you can call it convos and dates, conversations and dates, okay? I don't care what you call it. You can call it whatever you want. Um, but this is a section where you're getting to know somebody, but you're not dating, okay? You're getting to know them, but you're not dating them. And this one takes some explanation. So this one is you're being intentional with those who you're interested in. You, you, you might be interested in, and so you want to be intentional, and, and so you want to maybe grab coffee sometime. Or, you, you know, someone's going to a, an art gallery and you invite somebody else along. And and so there's there's something to do, and and there's an opportunity to maybe get to know somebody a little better. So in this time, you're evaluating a couple of things. You're evaluating could this be a good friendship? You're also listening, always. You're listening and looking for wholeness, like what Drew described. And 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 this this is a good point that that Randy made that I think is really really important and it's this that you're not a prophet when it comes to these things you can't you can't pick somebody out just by getting to know them in a group setting whether or not that's going to be the one you're not a prophet you don't know where this is going and so you're just cultivating a friendship and and I want to say this because I we've we've even had this happen in our in this ministry is that there's really nothing with this intent with the intent of getting to know somebody, there's nothing wrong with with a guy asking a girl to coffee on a Tuesday, and taking another girl to an art museum on a, on a Friday. Now, if if the intent is I'm just getting getting to know a friend, and and if both of you enter into, with that same process and same understanding, then guess what? There's nothing wrong with that, and there's nothing wrong with a girl who would you know go to an art museum on a Friday and. And then go have lunch with somebody um, the following Wednesday. It's because if it's just friends getting to know each other, that's that's what it should be. And so, I, 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 wisdom would say, um, learn to recognize immature voices and mature voices in this process. And let me explain this. So, my wife and I, we met at Bible College. And... Um, we We fell into this, we started right. We were hanging out in groups for several months, and we were um, getting to know each other and we both kind of noticed we were both kind of interested, and we realized heard that from friends and whatever and so we we kind of said oh we we're not going to date, but let's we go got, we went and got hot chocolate at the country kitchen um, in Joplin, Missouri, late at night and and we decided we weren't going to." Date, but it was it was cool to get to know each other, and and maybe we could do that more. Well, and then somebody you know kind of heard about this, and then we sat together at lunch once, and then all of a sudden we we were kind of hanging out, and so we fell into this trap of well, I guess we're hanging out, so maybe we maybe we're just dating. <laughs> and and we put this pressure on ourselves with that. Others put pressure on us, asking dumb questions like, oh, do you think maybe this is the one? And and so here's, here's what I experienced through that, is that immature people can really ruin this step in the process, because you can make light of something that really is a really important step in just getting to know getting to know somebody. So um, wisdom also says that you should learn to recognize warning signs. <laughs> so I. Uh, we lived in California for ten years. Uh, all, my, all of our kids were born there. Um, we first moved there. I was about twenty four years old and shortly after we moved there, a friend of mine wanted to take me surfing for the first time so this is my first surfing trip. We got up early we went we showed up around six a m at the beach i didn 't know this, but apparently the night before a storm had hit the, had, had hit Malibu where we were surfing and and so the waves were huge, like biggest of the season kind of a thing. And I had been to the beach, but I should have known that when you, I got out of the car and the waves were hitting the ground so hard it was shaking the ground where we parked. And I was like, that, I don't remember that. And so we get up there and the guy, the guy that was teaching me how to surf, he just was like a three-minute little deal. And then he was excited and, and, I just, and I was like, all right, I guess we got to go for it. And I have, and I could, I, I mean, I could tell you more about this story, but I have never come as close to dying as I felt like I came that day, um, because the waves hit me, and, and I was like a spin cycle underneath, and then um, I just, when you kind of just wait, because you don't know which way's up, and you just go wait till you float up, just in time for another one to hit you, and I, man, I came crawling out of the water, like, praising God for earth and air. Um, <laughs> But he, so, I don't know if this happened, but I imagine if a, let's say, a 60 year old man showed up the same morning I showed up. And I was 24, 25, and he's six years old. This is my first time, and he's been doing it most of his life. And I'm eager. I have, this, this, this is important to me. Um, I, I need this in order to feel important. Uh, I need this story, I need this adventure. And I come go racing out into this dangerous situation. And he, at six years old, goes, yeah, probably not today. And he goes home. Why? Is it because he's a coward? No. It's because he can recognize, like, warning signs. He can recognize when things aren't what they should be and and aren't good. Uh, Garrison. Gave this analogy, and I thought it's a brilliant analogy. He said, "It's this is similar to a five-year-old fishing and a grandpa fishing. A five-year-old fishing, everything they catch they want to keep, and a grandpa recognizes what is worth keeping and what isn't, and and usually throws away most of the things." Now, don't take that too far, okay? You understand the point. There's other fish in the sea now, but just. It's, 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 there's a wisdom to um, recognizing wholeness. This is why you need older people in your life to be able to run things by and, and process what you're thinking and feeling with. Another thing about this, this particular time is whole people are honest people. Whole people are honest people. Um, one way you know you're ready to date, I think, is if you are able to be honest with somebody and let them down, and say, cool, Uh, actually, no, Uh, actually say the words, Um, say the words, you know what, I had fun tonight, but I don't see this going anywhere, or I would like to just be friends, and now you may not know in that moment, and you may not be able to say it in that moment, but at some point, whole people or honest people are able to say that, and if you're not able to say and let somebody down with grace, then you probably shouldn't enter into that opportunity. Same goes with if, if, you're, if you're able to be let down graciously, then I think you're ready to, to enter into it. Um, and so to be able to let somebody say, I don't think this is a good time for me. I don't think this is going to work out. Or I think whatever. It's not, don't use the God just wants me to be single right now thing. Don't blame it on God if you don't think it could work out. Because what happens if somebody does come along? Now you're in this awkward position where you've got to navigate something that you shouldn't have to. Wisdom says, Be, being honest early will minimize heartache later. And Drew even mentioned something similar to that. Being honest early in a relationship like this will minimize heartache um, later. Here's the country version. If you have a frog to eat, eat it early. Think about it. If you're going to eat a frog, do you want to just eat it now? It's, I mean, it's going to be bad. You eat it now when it's fresh or let it sit and rot and it's going to be worse later. Somebody told me that a long time ago and it stuck with me. If you've got a frog to eat, eat it early. Which is, if you've got something hard to do, do it now. Because the longer you wait, the more it, more it spoils and it gets worse. So being honest is a big part of this process and, and, it needs, and it's needed. All right. Next phase is early. So now we, now we enter into a dating phase. And I like what Gareth said about having, there's an early stage and then there's a later stage. And I think he's, I think he's right. I think uh, if you notice like this, this curve is, is kind of going up and you're, and you're getting closer, you're learning more about each other. And so I think in this early Dating phase, stage, um, it is exclusive. You're, you're, you're not dating a bunch of people. You're dating one person. Um, and in dating, it's a process with a clear purpose. Okay, here's, here's a clear purpose, I think. Witness wholeness. Develop friendship. And see if marriage is possible. It's witnessing wholeness developing friendship, and seeing if marriage is possible. And so, in this time, you are learning things about each other. You're learning to get to know each other. And you're, you're seeing their story without rose-colored colored glasses. You know, when you're kind of in this, ah, I'm interested in somebody, we can have rose-colored glasses, just kind of see what we want to see, but you really have to learn how to just, okay, let me hear who they are, you're learning to trust each other. You're learning how to communicate. You're learning how to appreciate who God has made them to be. You're learning how to maybe forgive each other if if, if you fail in some way or hurt in some way. Learning how to um, trust at a deeper level as you move forward. Learning how to work side by side. Learning how to um, encourage one another. You should be um, you should you should spend time processing. When I'm with this person, do I want to be a better person? Do, I, do, they, do they make me want to be better? Do they bring out the best in me? And it, this process takes time. And so wisdom says, don't rush something that takes time. And I like this line that um, Gareth said. He said, don't plant a seed in April and then dig it up in June just to see how it's going. Um, it takes time. Now, in this phase, if you choose to show physical affection, which I'll talk a little bit more about later, if you choose to show physical affection with, with one another, do it like you would with someone in your family. So you can hold your mom's hand, you can give your dad a hug, you can kiss your brother on the forehead or on the cheek, and and, and listen, I know that that's, that may sound weird, but Drew and I will attest, and Randy will attest, and and nobody who's been married looks back and wishes they would have been more physically affectionate with someone they're not married to. No one who's married says, you know what, I wish I would have gone further with that person. Nobody ever says that. So there there is a point in this. In this early stage when you're learning these things about each other, don't cross certain lines. Um, you just don't want to. Okay, now we're moving to the late stage. I'm not going to lift it up, but you know it's a late stage. Got it. Now, this is when things are getting serious. I don't know the timeline of this. Okay, it's really kind of up to you and up to your, how, how much you want to do this, but how much time you spend with each other. But things are getting serious and you're learning. What it would look like to start to weave your life together. What would that look like? So you're talking about things like, how do you want to raise kids? Or how would you raise kids? Or what would you, what would you not want to do? Ex- what are your expectations about work and, and home? and, um, you, Spending time with each other's families who have influenced them. Because when you marry someone, you marry their family. Uh, when you marry someone, you marry their family and that and that that isn't a deal breaker, okay but it's it's something that should be taken in consideration. Uh, learning how it could could your dreams line up? Can you notice each other's differences? This is something my wife and I did not do very well. We did not see each other's differences and think, huh, that might annoy each other later. <laughs> that might bother us later. How do, we, how do we handle that? How do we talk about that? Um, we just kind of try to ignore the differences and focus on all the good things. And in the late stage, you need to start being honest and go, okay, these are some, these are, we're, we're different in these ways. we got similarities in these ways. When it comes to physical affection, Here's what I want to say. My wisdom, okay? Not the gospel. Um, you should be at a level that you would want your parents to display affection in public. Kiss like you would. You would want your, your parents to kiss each other in public. And, and again, it's because I believe physical affection is a slippery slope. And if you're not careful, it can cause you to, to both slip and fall. Or here's another analogy. Too much physical affection in a relationship too soon is like planting seeds for a harvest long before you know where your property lines are and long before you have any equipment to harvest that. Before you know it, you've got all kinds of stuff growing up and it's out of control and it's weaving and tangled together and, and, and when you... Want to actually start working towards something it might be it, it can it's a tangled mess. Um there's this verse in Song of Solomon eight four it says, Do not stir up love or awake stir up or awaken love until the appropriate time. And wisdom says this, and actually this is a direct quote from Randy Gears it's hard to make an objective opinion when you have invested interest in the outcome. And here's what he means. It's when you cross physical lines in dating, you're you are physically and emotionally attaching yourself to that person, and it becomes really difficult to pull apart if you have to. Now, all that, all of what I'm saying, okay, can be worked through, can be redeemed, can there can be a start over. There can be a lot of things, and we would love to talk to you in the future about all of that. But. I'm 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 giving you a path um to stay on. And and that physical affection line needs to be clear and boundaries need to be established and held to. And then engagement um I'll pick it up. One more time. Engagement. Engagement has some clear purposes. I've I've done like I said last week 30 to 35 or so premarital um uh, counseling things and um, the engagement time is a really interesting time because you start like really letting the true color show you start um, you're working you're planning a wedding you're doing things and and you start seeing more differences in how you do things and those come out and you're working through conflict and it can be a really interesting time a really really good time a testing time for the relationship but in this time you're planning to build a life together You're planning a wedding, and something I think is worth saying, an expensive wedding does not equal a healthy marriage. Um, It's worth mentioning. Uh, You're planning for financial unity, you're planning for emotional unity, you're planning for family unity, like you're bringing your families together at some level, and you're, you're merging two families and how they do things together, and you're starting to recognize those things. You're, you're protecting against physical unity um, even more. Sometimes, sometimes when, when couples reach this phase, they're like, well, I mean, it's, you're obviously the one. And so, I mean, it, you start getting really laxed on your boundaries. And, and you need to not see that person as yours until there's a ring. And even then, they're God's. They're, they're never yours. They're God's, and He's letting you um, hang out with them for life. Um, I, think, I think engagement is, I believe it should be short. I believe the longer you wait, the more pressure you put on yourself, and you're asking for it. And then obviously moving into marriage. And a healthy, godly marriage is two people who can stand alone with God and be content um, but have chosen to enter into this covenant and, and carry one another's burdens and enjoy the benefits of being married together and enjoying what God has, has created them to be. And in turn, you, as you rely on the gospel to fuel your marriage, you get to be a picture of the love and the sacrifice of Jesus to this world. And it can be an amazing thing. Um, all of these things, like I said, are just... Things that I think are wise, things that I think are worth considering. There is a process to this, and I, and I as much as um, I have two two couples friends right now that are on the door front of the threshold of divorce because they did not <laughs> they did not do any of these things that we've described, and I've seen it. Okay, I think the wind is telling us it's time to be done. Um, But this is serious stuff. Okay, heartache is is can can really come if you don't stay on the path of wisdom. And so I come back to that question: Do you? you, Are you on that path? Do you want to be on that path? If so, there's a lot of great resources. Um, The books that I had, I've already people have already asked, and I've already given them away. I do have the marriage one. If you're interested, I will have more on Sunday. I've ordered a few more, and we'll have more of those books on Sunday at our Q&A. But I um, would love for you to come back on Sunday at the church, and we can, we can spend more time together. Let me pray. And then is someone coming to do announcements? Okay. God, thank you for our time. I pray that you would use this time to point us to your truth. Ultimately, God, your words, I pray that we're pointed to your word more than, than, than any of ours. Um, But ultimately, and we that we would choose to stay on this path of wisdom when it comes to relationships and who we choose to enter into a, a deeper relationship with. I pray all this in Jesus' name, amen.